what you want, when you want it, where you want it. This is The Mesh. Welcome back to My Dad Watches The Bachelor. I'm Meredith, and I'm here with my co-host, my dad. Hey, Meredith, how is it going today? Oh, it's just going great, Dad. How are you? I'm doing okay. I'm doing okay. It's 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 going to be like maybe close to 70 degrees here today. It's like sort of spring-like. Yeah, it's warm here too. It's supposed to rain though, which is a bummer, but beggars can't be choosers in the northeast is what I've learned. Yeah, you're going to get you're going to get hammered with some more winter, so uh, we we must cling to our bachelor show to keep us warm. Yes. The the love of Clayton keeps me warm at night. No, I'm I'm glad that you're warming up to Clayton. I'm not. Okay, okay. He has made my heart frozen. I no longer believe in love because of Clayton. Oh, that's not true. That's that would be that would be very sad. So uh, I'm sure that you could find a few highs in last night's show. Well, before we get into that, I have one housekeeping issue to discuss. Not okay. so much an issue, but Mike Fleiss, who is the creator and producer of The Bachelor, was tweeting yesterday about how he had an historic announcement to make while the show was airing. And last night he tweeted and he said this major historic announcement. This season's finale of the bachelor is totally spoiler proof. No one knows how it will end because it ain't over till it's over and it ain't over dot, dot, dot. So what do we make of this? I'm hoping that uh, Clayton is single. That's what I'm making of this. I hope that he gets dumped. So, so, so for, for those of our, our listeners who get all their bachelor information from our podcast and don't watch the show, what are you, you know, doing? <laughs> you know, we're saving them much time, but, uh, you know, the, the previews throughout the year have shown this very dramatic ending where Clayton is basically telling multiple women that he's in love with them. And by the way, multiple women, I've been intimate with you and we've got, We've got women collapsing in tears and breaking down, and and uh, and then last night one of the one of the previews showed I think Clayton talking with his family or something, and they're basically saying, "You boy, you really screwed up," uh, and and telling him he's a, he's a screw up. Yeah, so. I think his dad was saying you screwed the pooch, and also three women. <laughs> so uh, so anyway, you know maybe Clayton proposes live on the last show to one of them and and the, that that woman will have a chance to say yes or no. I'm hoping all the women have enough self-respect that once they learn Clayton's in love with all of them and has slept with all of them, they all just bounce and say, I can do better than this. I deserve better and Clayton's left alone. So so just and 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 in no way do I condone this, but it just seems like in previous bachelor iterations was it uncommon for the bachelor or the bachelorette to sleep with multiple people? Or, or do we just not know what went on in those fantasy suites? I don't think it was abnormal, but I think it's not talked about. Like we know that Caitlin Bristow, you know, Caitlin, she was co-host with Tasha. She slept with two of her men, but it was not spoken about until after the final rose when the runner-up, Nick Bial, who later became a bachelor, was like, I just don't understand why 
you slept with me if you weren't going to choose me and like kind of was a douchebag and called her out on that on live television. But it's really not talked about. And it also used to not be that common for leads to tell their contestants that they were in love with them. That was like a big no-no until you had just one person left. And now it's just, it's very fluid. You can say you love anyone now. Well, I thought that you did a good job of sort of going down the sort of, or going, going through the pyramid of, you know, I'm falling in love with you or there, I, I don't know what the different levels are to get before I'm in love with you. I don't know, but uh, they're, they're different, they're different sayings, but you know, Clayton seems very, very pleased when any of the ladies say the L word in any context that it, it seems to me, he gets, he gets very giddy. Well, it, it seems like it's going to be an interesting finale for sure. There's a lot going on. All right. Well, let's, let's, Let's talk about last night's show then. What uh, any any highlights for you? I got a good laugh from this whole Sarah Mara Clayton situation when Sarah kind of tries to confront the women about throwing her under the bus about how she's not ready and how she's too young. And I thought it was very funny that Sarah decided to add her own verbiage to the conversation and say yeah, Clayton said it was just like a last-ditch effort from someone who felt like they were going home. I don't remember Clay- Clayton saying that, but I thought it was funny that Sarah tried to get a little dig in. Yeah, I, I think maybe Sarah said that in trying to understand where all this was coming from. I don't think that came from Clayton, you know, and but I think she was happy to try to attribute it to him. But, okay, so I was a little confused last night because I felt like Sarah – handled confronting the women in Mara like pretty maturely considering everything that happened like she was thrown under the bus because she's young because like Mara was insecure that she had no connection with Clayton like I think that the way she talked to the women like she handled it pretty well and as the episode went on we just kept hearing the women talking about this issue with Sarah this issue with Sarah I hope it doesn't take time with me time away from me and Clayton because of the Sarah issue like I thought the issue was put to bed once Mara went home. Mara seemed to be the only one that had an issue with Sarah. And this really came out of the blue for me. Yeah, I don't, you know, the whole way the whole thing with Sarah transpired and how quickly Clayton went from you're, you're getting two dates and, and we're all good to I don't believe you. I don't trust you. I was I, I don't really totally understand how all that went down. Yeah, I feel like we were missing something. Like maybe something wasn't shown to us because I'm not sure how we got from like the starting point to the ending point there. Yeah. Okay. Well, not sure. I, I some some things of Bachelor just can't be explained. Well, not with the editing that we receive. It can't be. Well, I one of the highlights I had is was. Clayton, I thought, was actually very thoughtful with Serene when he gave her like those jars with fireflies. And, and I didn't it took me a, a little bit to totally understand the story. But uh, you know, apparently Serene had a cousin who passed away and, and this had some significance. But um, yeah, I don't know if it was his idea or not, but it came off as very thoughtful. I I wrote this down too, but I posed it as a question as, do you think Clayton thought of the fireflies in a jar for Serene on his own? I, I don't know. I mean, it was seemed thoughtful and sensitive. Um, uh, but, um, 
you know, I can't sit here and say that he had it on his own. No. I, I don't think it was either. Sweet gesture, but I don't think there's any chance Clayton had anything to do with it. I was, I was also sort of a, amused by Clayton when uh, he was on the date with Susie and he's he like, you know, this whole princess date, it's, you know, he couldn't really believe it. That was what's happening. And I was like saying, of course you can't believe it because this girl is so out of your league that, uh, you know, you really shouldn't be having any dates with her. So uh, I, I, I got a little bit of a chuckle out of that. I enjoyed when Susie got to go back to the hotel room with the girls and like awkwardly walk in with all of her bags, just knowing they were going to hate her. And she has to like show off all of her purchases from the day and all the ladies have to act like they're, Oh, that's so great for you. And we get all of their, their interviews. Like, Oh, I'm so jealous. I wish that was me. Well, I, you can't blame them for that. I mean, that you know, it's. I don't know how much, uh, how many dimes got dropped there, but it was a lot. So, uh, so, so Susie, you know, she's got the new, the pretty woman wardrobe thing going on there. Yeah, another high for me was Clayton sending Mara home, so we didn't have to deal with her whiny crap for the whole episode. Yeah, and she, I mean, she went fairly peacefully uh, once, when she didn't get the rose. She didn't make a scene or anything like that. And, and uh, you know, not, I'm not a fan of Mira. I was, I, I found her very tiring, but, uh, you know, good luck, Mira. I hope, I hope you find what you're looking for. It struck me, it must be hard. I think, I think Mira and the other person that went home there, they, they got sent home from Croatia. That's a long ride home, man. I mean, that's a lot to think about uh, on the way home, coming home from Croatia. Was that the first stop they did in Europe? I, I'm getting confused now with these. I think, I think they were in Croatia at the beginning of the episode, and then they moved to Vienna, Austria. Yeah, but Croatia was their first stop in Europe. They went from yeah. Canada to Croatia. You got it. Yeah, you yeah, got yeah. it. Yeah, so Mare's ticket was round trip. Well, it's just, you know, you, you leave when you're in California, it's easier to get home. It's, I got to think it's, it's more challenging to get home from Croatia. Probably, but I don't feel bad for Mara. She was very annoying. This is true. Um, my last high, I enjoyed that we're in Vienna now. I've heard of Vienna. I hadn't heard of Havar, Croatia, but I, I'm just excited that we're traveling. It feels like we're getting back to normal. I, I, Vienna. See, I, a long time ago, I, I maybe spent a day in Vienna, but uh, it's been quite some time. I, I really enjoyed the uh, the. Uh, I guess he was with Serene, and they were walking in the square, and there were people dancing, and there was the old couple dancing, and that that seemed very cute. That was very nice uh, when they were in Vienna. I. Yeah, I guess this goes sort of to what you were saying about, was it really Clayton's idea to do the uh, fireflies? But Clayton explaining to Serene when they're on the date about artwork, he was talking about a famous painting called The Kiss, which I'm, you know, I'm, I'm not into, I, this is beyond my scope, but I, I'm thinking it might be beyond also Clayton. Also beyond Clayton's. <laughs> yeah, he's the one that's explaining by the way, this is a famous, this is one of the most famous paintings in, of all in Austria, you know, called The Kiss. You know, I wish we could have seen like where Clayton had written what the producers told him to say on his hand. And he was looking down reading, oh, this is The Kiss, very famous. Let's reenact it so I don't have to keep talking about something I don't know anything about. Yeah, yeah I, I, I could see that. And, 
And the, the other chuckle I got was, and, and I don't know if you have any other highs, and this can transition us into our lows, but um, you know, not a big fan of the, the psychoanalysis date, the couple's date, but I did get a laugh when Sarah started saying, I love therapy. She was just so, seemed so giddy and excited to go into therapy, you know, and apparently that's something, you know, and, you know, for some people, I guess that's, it's, I'm sure it's very useful, very valuable, but she was way too excited to go into couples therapy. I feel like her being younger too, I think that for younger generations, therapy is more normalized than it is for older generations. So it's like something, it's also, spoken about more often it's not like this taboo thing like oh don't tell anyone i'm in therapy but people are like yeah i'm in therapy it's cool it's great well i don't i don't consider it to be taboo or or bad i just thought she was way too enthusiastic about it in relation to the other ladies you know i mean that to me that was a very awkward uncomfortable date would you say that she was performative I don't know if she was any more performative than the others. Uh, yeah. we can, um, we can, we'll get into that later. Okay. okay. But th- that is a low that I had, you know, the whole psychotherapy date. And I just thought it was hard to take couples therapy seriously, you know, when he's cycling through five women and trying to get, quote, deep and, quote, emotional with all of them. It just felt so insincere. Maybe Clayton was the one that was being performative. <laughs> Maybe. It was just, it was dumb. It's just really dumb. I don't feel like any of the main relationships from that date, like, really got anywhere new from the therapy. Like, it seemed like stuff we had already discussed on one-on-one dates with each of them. Like, it, it didn't do much for me. So, so just for those that don't watch the show, we had an... Austrian psychiatrist, psychologist, I don't know, someone that was presented as, someone that was presented as a uh, you know in a Freudian type way that sat down with Clayton and each of the ladies to uh, discuss their the relation their relationships and the status of their relationships and it was just the with the exception of Sarah, it seemed like all the other ladies were petrified to a point where Genevieve couldn't even speak. And, you know, because she can't share, you have to leave Genevieve. She got walked out. So that was unfortunate for her. Yeah. It, I'll get into Genevieve later as well. But I just, this, at least the state was coming towards the end. It's not like the first group date. And we're going to go into couples therapy, kind of like we did earlier. We at least have established relationships with most of these women. But mm-hmm. I don't know. It just it seemed dumb to me. I would have preferred some pillow fighting. Well, and, and at the culmination of this date, uh, the our couples therapist, Katerin, says, it's been nice meeting you. And all most of you are all honest. But there, at least one of you was the word performative that we have mentioned and, and basically Clayton is shocked that this analyst, after you know talking to people for 10 minutes, can, can make that uh, quick assessment. This podcast is sponsored by Jackson Creative, a custom communication agency located in downtown Hickory, North Carolina, specializing in online content creation. To learn more, visit thejacksoncreative.com. Jackson Creative, we tell your story. I do think that she used the word some of you. 
meaning it could be multiple. I think you're right. Yes. I don't know. Well, I'll get into that. It's just, it was weird. My, one of my lows is that we missed out on a great opportunity for some like pure entertainment with, if Gabby had gotten the pretty woman date, I feel like that would have just been so funny. And a side note, like, as a guy, would you like what kind of guy enjoys this type of date? This seems like some a typical guy's like worst nightmare for a date. Like my boyfriend would not enjoy us like going shopping and me just trying on a bunch of clothes and him sitting there like, "Yay, you look so good!" Like that's not fun. Yeah, I can't say that I would be signing up for that one either. That I mean, that sounds that sounds like a long day. Um, you know, and 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 I did also note that I thought that the the Austrian designer dresses not very functional. You know, I'm not sure how many opportunities you're going to get to wear those uh, a lot of the clothing that she might be uh, dragging home with her. It's definitely more red carpet dresses than functional dresses for sure. So I mean, I, I don't, I I just don't know how useful they're they're going to be. Yeah, my last low was. That Clayton seemed like pretty rude when he was sending Sarah home. He had like some switch flip in him. He was just being, he just, he seemed like he just kind of turned off all his emotions. He was like, I don't believe you. Like, I'm going to walk you out. And she's like trying to explain herself. And he's like, well, it just comes down to the fact that I don't believe you. I don't trust you. And I don't know how we got there. And he was just, very unsympathetic towards the whole situation, seemed very cold, disinterested. And and my hunch is that we, like, one of the girls, I think it's Rachel. Rachel seems like the number one to me for Clayton. Rachel got upset about Sarah, started crying. Clayton got protective over Rachel and was like, okay, Sarah's out. I, you know, I guess, I mean, I... You know, he he claimed that Sarah's tears were fake. Um, I'm not sure Rachel's were any more real than Sarah's. Um, you know, I, I and I, I don't I don't mean to. I'm I'm not trying to be mean about it. I think that the, these people can generally turn on the emotions when they need to turn them on. Yeah, so, I think that's fair. I, I don't know. Anyway, so. Um, you know, but you know, with, with that said, I did, yeah, I did put down that Sarah was, I, I put this down really at the beginning of the show, uh, that Sarah was really cocky when she came back from her one-on-one and during that confrontation, uh, of course, later Mara confronted Sarah, they went outside and, um, you know, Mara was just nutty, you know, she's a nut, you know, and, uh, yeah, she you know, good for Clayton for, for not having her stay on. But I, I think we sort of saw that one coming. There never really seemed to be any, any connection there with Mara. She, 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 she really doesn't seem to fit the profile that Clayton is looking for. No, she seems more like I could see Mara doing well as like a Disney villain of the Jersey shore. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. She, yeah, she she could be in that what the hundred one Dalmatians the Cruella type role I think know. yeah yeah I think she, Shore style she could she could do that <laughs> so. all right you have any other low no I think we've touched touched on mode one one thing I'll say is I think I think uh, 
I guess it was in Austria. They were driving around, maybe in a Rolls Royce. I'm not sure it was Croatia or Austria, but um, one of the girls called the car cute. A Rolls Royce is not cute. You know, that's that's not the right term. So I, let's, let's let's be careful about that. So don't, don't do that. As someone who knows nothing about cars and does not care, I think it's totally fine to call no. a car cute. Okay. Well, that one's not, but go ahead. Okay, let's get into the right reasons. This one might be controversial, but I'm giving my right reason to Genevieve because she didn't feel comfortable opening up to Clayton and the psychotherapist. And it's like she knew that the whole situation was kind of insincere. She knew she didn't get a one-on-one. She knew she wasn't going to get a hometown date. So why would she put herself through like opening up like that on national TV? Like I thought it was good of her that she was like, you know, I don't want to open up. Like I know this isn't going where anywhere. I'm going to stand my ground and just kind of be silent here. I think I, I 100% endorse that. I, I wish that I had thought of that. I think that's an excellent uh, choice for the right reason, and I wish I had come up with it. Thank you. So I struggled for the right reason this week, I and and you're not going to like mine. Yeah, I, I actually have two controversial ones for both the right reason and the wrong reason. But mm-hmm. uh, for right reason, I, I went with Clayton for his decisiveness in dealing with the uh, Mara and dealing with Sarah, and I'm not sure if he's right. Uh, I, I don't. I don't know if I. I think he uh, had evidence for for telling Sarah that he doesn't believe her and and blah blah blah. But he was decisive. He made his decisions, pulled the bandaid off, and it was over. Okay. I mean, I guess it's nice that I wasn't dragged out anymore, but. I don't think I want to give Clayton the right reason ever again. No. Well, we'll see how he does next week, but go ahead. <laughs> All right. I have two wrong reasons. First, Mara. Very obvious. She's a bit delusional, you know, for thinking she has a connection with Clayton. She's still going in on Sarah because Sarah's younger and does ha- have a connection. And she, when she pulls Sarah to the side to talk at the cocktail party, She's calling her sloppy, insensitive, manipulative, tyrannically cocky. But I think, like, Sarah handled things maturely, or as maturely as one could expect from that situation, especially since she's, like, almost a decade younger than Mara. So in the Mara versus Sarah conflict, I am team Sarah. If you have to choose a team, I would choose Sarah as well. My second wrong reason is the psychoanalyst. She is telling Clayton and the women that some of the therapy sessions are not honest and they were performative, but not telling Clayton who she is talking about. You know, she's just trying to light the drama fire. And it really wouldn't shock me if, like, that was just one of the producers who put on an Austrian accent and pretended like they were a therapist just to stir the pot. Well, that would really hurt if, uh, if if they were doing deceptive things like that on this show. But uh, they would never. Yes, yeah, so, but, but you know, if you're going to hire a, uh, an analyst to have these conversations, I think that part of the deal would be not leaving things uh, in in those general terms and saying this person, Clayton, come in here. We need to talk because this particular person might not be who you think they are. But the whole thing struck me as as the. Uh, 
you know, someone on a call-in radio show who listens to somebody talk for, you know, for, for 30 seconds and says, oh, well, you got cancer, you know, so uh, you, you, you know, you've got six months to live. I question how much detail this person can get into and, and uh, in the short period of time they were talking. Yeah, I just feel like if it wasn't a producer with an Austrian accent that the producers told the therapist, like, you have to leave it on, like, a, a wary note for Clayton. Like, you have to tell him something's wrong with someone and be, you know, a little cloudy about who it could be. So it it just felt very staged. All right. Well... Here's my wrong reason. This is going to be a hot take. So I'm, I'm giving my wrong reason to Susie. Whoa. Because here's, here's my theory. Susie is a successful beauty pageant queen contestant. I think she was Miss Virginia or something like that. I, I think she, she Sounds right. maybe won the beauty pageant. And she's putting all these nice princess dresses on and she's giving us this I can't believe I'm doing all this. I think that if you're a beauty pageant person, and maybe this is the old dad perspective of beauty pageants, that you've been dressed up and you played some of these princess roles before, and and she's playing this naive, I can't believe I'm getting all this stuff and blah, blah, blah. I don't think people gave her you know 12 bags of expensive clothes, but I, I think she's been in that sort of situation before, and she's the way she played it, you know, good for her to play the game that way, but I'm I'm not sure I'm buying it. So, uh, although you know she's in my final four, as she is yours, I think I pick Susie to win the whole thing, and she might. But uh, I I'm, I'm giving her the wrong reason just because I'm I'm not I'm, I'm not really buying her act this week. Okay, I see where you're coming from, but she's not like your typical pageant girl. She like moved to Japan and lived there, and like does jujitsu or whatever, you know, she's not the typical girly girl. I follow her on Instagram right now. Like she works as a waitress at a restaurant in Virginia beach. Like she's not, she's not the move to LA become a super big influencer girl at the moment. Well, I, I, and and that's wonderful. And and I hope I'm wrong. And I, and I, I I hope that I have to apologize to Susie next week or or at some point in time, but I think that, um, you know, a Virginia pageant queen is a lot different than Austrian fashion designer modeling dresses. That, you know, those are two different levels. Well, I think if you win Virginia, you're going to go to Miss USA or something, and you're going to play that game too. So I, I figure, you know, once you're on the pageant circuit, you're 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 tainted by the pageant circuit. Maybe we'll see. Okay. Who's your my, MVP? My MVP. It's a co-MVP. Going against your wrong reason, my co-MVPs are Susie and Serene, simply because they seem to be the only normal ones this week who weren't bogged down in the Sarah quote-unquote drama. So props to them, because I just I didn't understand what was going on with the Sarah drama the whole episode, and they weren't involved in it, so I liked that. Well, and perhaps uh, since those are the two that got one-on-one dates, perhaps there's some correlation to avoiding avoiding the drama if you can uh, if it's just you and, and the Bachelor. Yes, perhaps that's true. Do you have any fatherly advice to wrap us up? So a few thoughts. Number one, you know, as, as I mentioned, Sarah getting a bit cocky, 
we need to stay humble. You know, I'm, you know, let's, let's sort of not get ahead of ourselves there. Let's all stay humble out there. Um, Susie, I think was talking about her dad. I think this was Susie and, and some dad advice that Susie got, which I thought was good dad advice was be yourself, be true to yourself. And, you know, don't, don't put on airs. You're trying to be in a relationship. If you're really trying to do something over the long term, you're really, you know, you, you're, you're going to have to show your true self to that, to your significant other. So, so let's not put on airs. And finally, my last piece of fatherly advice is, you know, and, and I, I will take this to heart this week is don't start, don't stop dancing with your significant other. I thought it was very cute when we were in Vienna and that old couple was out sort of dancing with one another. So, so watch out, mom, you know, sometime this weekend, uh, We'll be doing some dancing. Okay, that was a little cringy, but good for you too. I'm glad I won't be home this weekend. Okay. <laughs> um, a quick check-in on our top fours, since we are at hometowns now. We each got half of our top fours correct, which I think is the best that we've ever done. Both of our winner picks of Susie and Gabby are still in contention. Like, I think that this is... This is the best we've ever done in all of our picks. So, clap for us. I know. I, we're, I guess we've been doing this long enough that maybe maybe we're getting good at it. I'm not sure that's going to look good on my resume or yours, though. Maybe we should uh, put some money down next time on one of those sports betting websites. Yeah, I'm not sure that the, those sports betting websites will, will will book this one. I think there are too many leaks out there, so I'm not sure about that. This. This season is spoiler proof, says Mike Splice. All right. Well, we look forward to seeing that. All right. Well, if you're enjoying the podcast, make sure to comment, rate, and subscribe to us anywhere you listen to podcasts. As always, we'd like to thank The Mesh for having us. And join us next time to hear about hometown dates from the right perspective and my dad's. You've been listening to The Mesh, an online media network of shows and programs ranging from business to arts, sports to entertainment, music to community. All programs are available on the website as well as through iTunes and YouTube. Check us out online at themesh.tv. Discover other network shows and give us feedback on what you just heard.